I'm just getting out of a cab here in Orlando, Florida, Hilton, and I'm about to walk into the lobby and interview John Clausen. See if I can see him. I'm looking around the lobby. I'm looking for someone wearing a hat, and I see him. And I'm going to go talk to them now. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. In the fall of 2016, the picture book We Found a Hat was released. It joined I Want My Hat Back and This Is Not My Hat in a sort of hat-themed trilogy by John Clausen. Over the next three episodes, I'll talk to Clausen about those three books. One trilogy deserves another, right? First up, the one that started it all. I Want My Hat Back. I'm John Clausen, uh, and today we're going to be talking about books that concern hats. I'm kind of going to go through and ask you about all three and just kind of get get the whole scope, the whole whole hat scope. (laughs) Okay. Um, Can you remember how you got the initial idea for I Want My Hat Back? Um, The initial idea for I Want My Hat Back came in sort of stages. For a long time, I'd done some greeting cards for a company that wanted animal characters. And um, I didn't draw animal characters. I don't draw characters generally. I didn't, especially back then. I did a lot of sets and props for movies and things. And so characters weren't really my thing. And I never really got into the idea of drawing characters because I just didn't know why I was going to do it. I have more affection for like inanimate objects. And I got kind of a resistance to drawing characters emoting, if that makes any sense. Like there was... Um, there's an impulse to sort of when you draw a person or a, a character to have them feeling a certain way. Either they're angry or they're doing something or they're happy or they're sad. And it just, I, I was always off-putting to me. I don't know why. I just had a resistance to it because there wasn't any story context for those emotions, right? A person who's sad for one reason might not, be, might not look like a person who's sad for another reason. Here you're just making up symbols for emotion. And I just kind of, I never, I never had to do it for work, so I just never did it on my own either. I, I found a lot more satisfaction in drawing chairs and rocks and things. <laughs> That's interesting with <laughs> greeting cards, though. Well, that was the thing is that I, they, they said, can you do some greeting cards? And I said, yeah, I can do some chairs and rocks and things. And they said, oh, maybe some characters, though. And I said, no, I don't really do that. And then they said, well, how about trying, though? And they, they, they were friends of ours, and so they could sort of discuss it with me. And I said, all right, well, we'll try. And I drew some animals. And there was, I basically drew the bear from I Want My Hat Back, the deer from I Want My Hat Back, and the squirrels from that. And they, but they were all standing there sort of the the mood of the of the cards was kind of like animals that don't care about this assignment or your birthday or anything like it they were birthday cards and so they were all wearing party hats like this red hat but they just didn't know they were like real animals like if you put a party hat on a bear he's not going to look any more excited about a birthday (laughs) and so the idea for that that so that was kind of the idea for i want my hat back at the end of the book too is just like when i was doing it the whole tone of that book is sort of a person or characters who don't really know what they're doing in that book. When you look at the characters, they're looking at the audience, they're looking at the readers saying, like, what, what is this? They look a little bit confused as to what this plot is all about and what this bear is talking about. And I think that's sort of a reaction. And the writing, the stiffness of the writing, too, all of that was sort of a reaction to me being nervous about writing a book for the first time. I didn't, I was really nervous about it. And uh, I think it, all of that stuff kind of helped me it worked for the book, but it also helped me sort of not feel like I was putting too much into it, if that makes any sense. It's not that I don't want to work hard at it, but I think that the more emotion you sort of project out of the book, the more at risk you feel, because it's this really, you know, uh, risky thing. It feels, it, it, it feels like you could um, 
really get embarrassed if it went wrong, I guess. And so you're trying to protect yourself and you're trying to protect the project and all of these things. And so anyway, I had these characters lined up in these cards, but I didn't know any story for them. And I had this idea for the cover. I want my hat back with a character not wearing a hat. And I liked the joke, but I didn't know what the story would be. And I wrote a couple different ideas, but they were all narrative. They were all, a bear has lost his hat. Whereas my hat said the bear, like this and that. And it was like sort of copying what these books were supposed to sound like as far as I was concerned. But um, I didn't like it. I wasn't getting anywhere. I didn't have a story anyway. And so the whole thing felt like I was faking it. I didn't, I was just nervous and, and stiff and I didn't like it. And then I think I was watching TV or something and I thought, well, we could do it like a play. It could just be dialogue. And I think that was probably partly Mo Willems's fault too, because he gets so much mileage out of just dialogue. I hadn't seen the books in a little while. Um, but going back on it, I think that he was probably really, because I hadn't seen books that were just dialogue before his, I don't think. And it was such an exciting idea. And so I think I owe more to those things than I even like to think about, those pigeon books especially. Um, but thinking about that, but thinking, well, I don't, wanna, I don't want text bubbles like he would do. And I don't want to have to attribute these things character to character, saying bear and then saying what the bear says. What do I do? And I thought, well, we could do it with colors. If the, if the characters are different colors, we can teach the audience that character means color with just sort of how we arrange these animals in what order we that's why the fox goes first he's orange and orange can sort of teach you orange and it's the most obvious color next to black and once that was decided the book I didn't even have a plot it was just that I started writing it and as you're going you're like well, what can you use this for now they're talking to each other but we're not narrating so what is that useful and then well you can lie there's no narrator to tell the audience you're lying so we can use the pictures for that and it all sort of tumbled out in one 20 minute session and it was done and the roughs were finished just as quickly like everything just kind of fell out and I wasn't it happened so fast I didn't really keep track of the process I didn't think I had to um it just it just fell out it yeah. was really lucky and fun yeah so it started more with just that image the idea of that well the thought of of animals being in like this situation that maybe they weren't even almost aware yeah I think in. tonally that was it the writing was so stiff like I wanted to write it chopped up I wanted to look like a like a reader book almost where the words were very you know, clear and spaced far apart. And it just looked like, um, I always like when reader books, how they look because you open them to any page and it's very accessible. They're not intimidating things to open. Whenever you open them to any page, some books have a lot of words and they just feel like you, you open them and you get overwhelmed. Um, but the reader ones and the ones I wanted to make were just, I wanted them to make them very welcoming and sort of, you can get into the story immediately as soon as you open it. And so they're designed that way. And I think the writing kind of goes that way. And the more unnatural the writing sounded, the more comfortable I was with it because it was just that I'm not trying to write naturalistically. I'm not, um, you can't tell that I can't write that way, if that makes any sense. And also having the characters only talk and no narration, if they sound weird, that's just because they live in a weird world. It's not because I'm a weird writer. It's just because they sound funny. And so it's a whole lot of parachutes that you're pulling to try and get yourself out of trouble. Just as much as you're trying to make something, you're also trying to find all these ways out of, doing risky stuff or doing things you're not comfortable with and once you've knocked all those options down you're left with characters standing there looking at you and really stiff dialogue and that's all I was comfortable doing it was like a that whole book is just basically what I was comfortable doing and everything else was just gone like it wasn't that I wanted a book to f I did want a book to feel that way but it really was a process of elimination more yeah. so than building something up that's really interesting uh, <laughs> um, like the whole idea of risk so even even after you had you had done that and you'd you'd created that book, did it still feel risky or did, were you successful in when the book actually came out that it didn't feel as much of uh, like a risky thing for you? Um, that's a good question. I think that, no, I think I need, 
I think I need the audience or, or anybody to just sort of say they like it. I have a hard time validating it myself. I'm getting better at that. I think that's anybody's sort of creative, you know, challenge, right, is to sort of get it to the point where you don't need as much external validation and you can just say, I know this is good. This is good. It's objectively good, but it's really hard to do that. And so after it was finished um, and we started putting it out, I'd never put out a book before. So we come to things like this and we show them around. And the reaction was very mixed, not necessarily because of the execution, but because of the story. I didn't think the story was risky, if that makes any sense. I was surprised when people thought it was sort of a, a controversial thing because that, that's not what I, that's not what, how I think about the work. I don't think of it, I don't, I'm, not, like, I'm not very much on provocation. I don't like that as being the currency of the stuff and it wasn't what I was aiming for. I thought it was a funny story and it wasn't until we pitched it around to the publishers that we sort of met up against some resistance. The editors, some of the editors we pitched to were like, well, we can't have this ending. And I was really surprised. I was like, really? You don't, we don't even show anything. We barely say it. Um, I thought I could get away with that. And we, you know, we did, but it took some, it took some doing with, uh, to find the right publisher when we did, thankfully, but it was, uh, when it came out, I don't think I knew what I wanted out of it. I don't think I, like, I didn't have a goal for how successful it would be. I think putting out the book was as successful as I, as I was picturing it being. So anything past that was gravy. Um, I don't know if you can, and I'm not sure if you can ever own the success or failure past that point, because it's always a mystery, right? What connects and what doesn't. Um, and so I think as long as you feel like the book makes sense, people understand what it is you were trying to do, whether or not they like it past that, it's kind of, I, I've, I've been, I think I've been lucky enough to sort of figure that out and, be, and not put too much stock in it. I haven't yeah. had to test it too much because we've been so lucky with the reception these books have gotten. Yeah. But hopefully when it does inevitably you know, go bad someday, <laughs> I'll be prepared to say like, well, I can't own that side of it because I, you know, I like the book, but it hasn't been put to the test too hard yet. Yeah. I'm always curious about the struggle between like when someone is making artwork of any kind, I guess. Um, like there's one part of you that wants to be understood and wants the work, wants your expression or your work to get across. But then I feel like at the same time, you don't want to kind of telegraph it for the reader. You want them to have their own experience. Right. A little bit. Well, I think those two things can meet pretty well sometimes because when you're implying something or when you're in, you know, you, you don't say it, but you sort of, you do everything but say it. Um, when you do that with events, like when you do it with actual events in the plot, it's really fun because you can ask someone if they understood what happened and they can say, yeah, I know he ate him or I know this happened, I know that had him. And um, it's harder to do with feelings, like with a general feeling that you want you to take. You can't really ask someone, how did you feel when you read it? And they say the right thing back to you and so you don't you know if it worked. If it's plot points that you're trying to imply, then you can get the, that encouragement and that feedback right away and understand if you communicated properly. But... Um, but the more of subtle you get about what you, they want, what you want to do emotionally and how you want those relationships to come off or whatever it is, and you can't, like this is your best way of explaining it, you wouldn't even know what words you want to hear back, then it gets trickier to know if you've communicated properly, I think. Right. Do you feel like your books are more subtle? We're listening to the rain falling on our roof right now. Or the air conditioning kick or in, <laughs> one or the other. The sprinkler system might turn on here. Yeah. Do you feel like your books are more subtle, less subtle than... I don't know. I like, I like subtlety, so I think it's probably something I aim for. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think they're kind of both. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like to simplify it to the point where they're very, very clear, and you don't have any superfluous stuff, and so you know exactly what they're saying, and the words are very, you know, 
clear and the pictures are very clear. There's not a lot of external detail to the pictures or anything. And so the staging is clear and all that stuff is clear. So it's not subtle that way. I like the subtlety to be in how the characters are feeling about those things. Because um, that's interesting, right? You get these really clear moments of action or of plot points, but then characters' emotions about those things are often complicated things. And so I like the subtlety of that because it's often not something you, I would know how to explain anyway. I know how I would feel in those situations and how I want them to sort of feel, but it's nothing I could write or even draw. But you can imply it with small symbols, or right. you know, the way they're looking or the way you've staged it on the page. Um, those can lead to subtler understandings of what these characters might be feeling about what's going on. Right. But I like to be really, really clear and not subtle about what's actually happened, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Things were going smoothly when a podcasting emergency struck. Hello. Hi. Is there s- the empty conference room Sorry? we were using wasn't going to be empty for long. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't know. Is there a meeting at 4.30? Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We might have to set up somewhere else. Um. Time to find a new place to record. Are, are you okay to just pick all this stuff up and carry it somewhere? I am. Um, should I peek? Maybe I'll peek out in the hallway just real quick. Next time on The Yarn. Is there a- okay, okay. John Clausen takes us behind the scenes of his Caldecott medal winning book, This Is Not My Hat. When you look around you what do you notice? What is the first thing that seems most obvious? Could it be that we are furry? Could it be that we are large? Could it be that you're not in your home but are in fact in ours? We all are bears. Our main goal is not to hurt you, but we all are bears, and that could be an issue. Cause we're Thank you, John Clausen, for the interview. Friendly. Thank you, Philip Stead, for our theme music. The song We All Are Bears by Tiny Folk is from the Free Music Archive. You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. We all are bears And we won't care when they've found you Just a pile of sun-dried bones Lying in the grass Come on and skedaddle If you don't want this to come to We're serious, we mean We all are bears If you're at all inclined to beat it We all are bears We all are bears We all are bears We all are bears We're sure that you were lost We're sure you didn't know Sure, it's just about time for you to go. We all are bears. <laughs>